There's so much that you just don't see, but if you would only take the time, I know in my heart you find. Sometimes who isn't always strong Can't you see the hurt in me? I feel so all alone I wanna run to you I wanna run to you Won't you hold me in your arms And keep me safe from harm Each day, each day I play the role of someone always in control. But at night, I come home and turn the key. There's nobody there, no one cares for me. Oh, what's the sense? Of trying hard to find your dreams Without someone to share them with Tell me what does it mean I want to run to you I want to run to you Want to hold me in your arms And keep me safe from harm I need you here to wipe away my tears, to kiss away my fears. No, if you only knew how much I wanted to so you, I wanna run to you. Won't you hold me in your arms and kiss? You can listen to their version, or you can listen to my version of the truth. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
Ladies and gentlemen, to my version of the truth, this is the one and only, your boy, Jonathan Foway, Foway Jonathan Kelly. Um, Let's see, today I got an interesting topic, an interesting subject to talk about. Let's talk about willpower, commitment, dedication. A determination to get something done. So, you know, I live by the motto where if there's a will, there's a way. By any means necessary. You feel me? Especially when it got something to do with your family or something like that. You being a man, a man being a man, you should never, never let the burden go down on your woman or your family. If you don't got, if you got two legs and two hands, and you're not in no, no, if you're not ill, like deafening ill, like on your deathbed, you should be out there trying to get some damn money to provide for your family. Make sure that they are okay, that they are straight. There's no way possible, no way by any means that you should let. Your loved ones struggle, or even see that it should always. If you got that significant other, or if you don't have that significant other, you still supposed to stand on your two feet and play your part. I see a lot of these so-called men nowadays sitting around living off their woman. You know, don't got no job. They call themselves selling drugs, but they barely selling drugs. They smoking more than they sell. They popping more than they sell. They out there living day to day, just trying to turn up, just so they can buy them some new shoes, new t-shirt, keep gas in the car. But you go to their crib, and a motherfucking thing in the refrigerator. They ain't got a fucking couch in the living room. Not a TV. Kids sleeping on a motherfucking, three kids sleeping on one twin-sized bed. But your car out there, you got fucking 26s on your motherfucking car. Bane's driving a Lexus. It'd be crazy. I done seen some crazy shit. You see a lot of these so-called drug dealer ballers. They ride up, pull up on you. Got all the money, pocket full of money. Do all this, but at the end of the day, they pulling up to their mama house. They got to sneak their girl through the back door and shit. I was like, what the fuck type of, where they do this at? That's, that's backwards. How the fuck can you have $2,000 in your fucking pocket every day, but you ain't got a motherfucker in an $800, $700 apartment? What the fuck? Well, like, it don't add up. Something's not adding up there. You got to do better, people, man. Responsibilities and putting your priorities first. That's the main thing. You got to start putting them priorities first. And, you know, and as dads, as fathers out there, as men, you got to start being a father to them kids. Because you see what's going on out here, these little crazy fatherless. And we can't even blame the kids because they don't even know no better. But a lot of stuff is going on out here that probably could be prevented 
if some good parenting was going on, some good ass whoopings was given back before it started, you know, you get your ass whooped for talking about a gun when you was 10. By the time you 14, you you see that gun, you're going to remember that ass whooping still. So you're going to do that second chance. You're going to think about it before you touch that gun. You're going you're gonna to realize, like, man, you know, it's going to be a second thought. But nowadays, that shit don't come around. That shit cool. I be seeing these motherfucking dads, so-called dads, got guns in the kids' face and just showing them all little kids seven, eight years old around. Just nonsense, man. But... Hey, I can't judge nobody. I used to be the same way. But everybody, it starts off with a change. One little simple change. And things could get better. But that's the topic of the day, ladies and gentlemen. If there's a will, there's a way. You know, if you don't, if you got got the power to get up in the morning and get you that bag of weed... You got the power to get up and go get you that temporary job, man. They giving them bitches out. All you got to do is sign your name. Bring your ID and your social. That's it. They'll they get you in that motherfucker the same day. So ain't no excuse for being broke, man. You ain't got to be no baller. You ain't got to try to outshine nobody, man. Everybody got a part to play. No use getting there. You try to get in the lane that ain't meant for you. Motherfucker start crashing. But... Like I was saying, this is your boy, 4A Kelly. I got a special guest coming up later on, man. I got um, somebody called into the show yesterday talking about Little Eggs stole their song. So, man, I got, I got to get Little Eggs on the phone, man. I got to get this nigga on here. They talking about Little Egg. They was in the cell together. They was locked up together. He wrote the song, and he, he, he sung it for Little Eggs. And Lil Egg got out before him. So y'all stay tuned, man. It's going down. Four Way Kelly. This has been my version of the truth. Please listen up. Stay tuned. Like, share. Um, check out my um blog uh, on WordPress. Four Way, my version of the truth. Go check that out. I'm going to um, leave that in the link. So get up with me. You can listen to their version. Or you can listen to my version of the truth. Yes, it's time for your health and fitness tips of the day. Brought to you by NAF, who I'm certified through as a personal trainer, by the way. Okay. A recent study in the American Journal suggests that lack of flexibility could be the link to a known marker for cardiovascular disease and the risk for a heart attack and stroke. The study suggests improving flexibility with stretching, yoga, or Pilates may be capable of modifying age-related stiffness in the middle age and older adults and should be integrated as part of a complete exercise routine. Health benefits aside for exercisers, making friends with your hamstrings is paramount to develop a rewarding fitness regime. Tight hamstrings make it challenging to reach correct alignment in athletic performances. Yoga postures, weightlifting, 
and daily movements such as bending over. Over tightness also causes many to overwork their lower back and is a common cause of injuries for athletes. It's no wonder tight hamstrings have been referred to as a hidden source of many lower back pain issues. Learn more about how tight hamstrings tend to flatten the lower back, causing people to lose the normal curve of their lumbar spine. Help clients avoid lower back pain and lower back injuries by getting friendly with those hamstrings today. Whether it's a pre- or post-workout, plan, carve out some time to lengthen. Be sure to educate your clients on the benefits of staying flexible. Here are a few reminders, guys. Flexibility is is critical to keep aches and pains at bay as we age. It increases range of motion and athletic performance. It helps lessen achy joints and muscles. All right, guys. This is Fulway Kelly, and that's been your tip of the day, health and fitness-wise. So, to sum all this up, make sure when you guys go out there to that gym working out, don't just do upper body. Don't just do your arms and your back, get your body all strong at the top. Make sure you do them legs. I see a lot of people at the gym look like Arnold Schwarzenegger at the top, but look like them. Pippi stocking at the legs. It just don't make no sense. This has been your health and fitness tips of the day. This is Full Weight Kelly. Stay tuned. I got some more coming for you. Peace. Yo, with Kelzo Carey holding it down with the original song. Now I'm listening to Misha. A lot of people on Facebook. But it's all good. You feel me? Huh? <laughs> Relationship troubles? Call the love doctor. Yo, yo, this the love doctor. What's going on? Let's see who out here. Hey, hey. This is the love doctor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's good? Hey, man. I got a serious ass problem. Okay. Not like that. I just bullshit motherfuckers. You calling out. Hey man, that's what the love doctor here for. I can help my nigga. Check this out. Okay, holla at me. My pops married this lady, which makes her my stepmama, right? Oh, I hear you. Nah, she got a daughter. Yo, sister. Step sister, nigga. Oh, shit, my bad. Yo. Nah. But that's still your sister. She lived with her pops. She only came during the summer. Okay, so what's up? This summer was death for my nigga. Well, she came back bad or something? Bad. Okay. D-A-D-Bad. He's talking about your sister, G. You fucked your sister? Hell no, nigga. Oh, man, I was about to say. That shit. I'm about to suck my dick, though.
Come on, man. You out of fucking order. Hey, man. But I ain't fucked, man. We G-ball. G-ball. That don't matter, man. What I do? G. First off, you need to find G. You can listen to their version, or you can listen to my version of the truth. This has been my version of the truth, you know. Thank y'all for tuning in to Thanksgiving broadcast. I just want to let everybody know that was new music from Carrie. Please tune in, like, share, hold it down, get up with your boy. Four way, my version, my truth. I'm going to get y'all to rehab one and the rehab number two, part one. Here we go. The Rehab, Episode 2, Part 1. Interior, Day, Emmanuel's house. We see a preteen Emmanuel sitting in front of the window, doing homework, watching kids as they play outside. A preteen white girl named Sasha stops in front of the window and waves to Emmanuel, telling him to come out. Before Emmanuel had the chance to respond, his mother walks up and closes the curtain. Emmanuel's mom. You need to study. Emmanuel. Mom, can I please go outside and play with the other kids? Emmanuel's mom. You don't have time to play. Emmanuel's mom bends over and grabs his face and places a kiss on his cheek. You're not like those other kids. You're better than them. You're 14 years old and you're headed to Harvard. You're special. And flashback. Interior, Mr. Roberts' office, day. We see Mr. Roberts shaking his head at Emmanuel as he holds up a sex doll made up of girl leggings, stuffed with cotton from a pillow, a t-shirt with a bra attached to it, and a mop tied to a balloon. Mr. Roberts. Never in the 25 years of doing substance abuse have I ever seen anything like this. Mr. Roberts holds up the sex toy. You can see a hole in the front of the toy as well as the butt. Emmanuel holds his head down. Son, you only been here two days. Emmanuel. I know, Mr. Roberts, that's not mine. Who would do such a thing to me? Mr. Roberts flips the doll over and reveals a tramp stamp. Close up on the doll's tattoo. Sasha, Emmanuel's bitch, forever. We see Emmanuel's leaving the office and Cresha is walking in. Mr. Roberts, sit down. Cresha sits down and tries to explain herself. Cresha sobbing. Mr. Roberts, I'm so sorry. Mr. Roberts, don't give me that sorry shit. That was that addiction coming out. That dope fiend behavior you've been trying to hide. Now it's peeking his head out. Well, ain't no room for that shit here. Cresha. I'm sorry, Mr. Roberts. It won't happen again. Mr. Roberts, I know it won't. 
Mr. Roberts picks up the phone and starts dialing. Because your ass is out. We see complete fear spread through Kreisha's face. Kreisha, Mr. Roberts, I'm facing three years if I don't finish. Mr. Roberts, you should have thought of that shit beforehand. Kreisha, please, Mr. Roberts, I'll do anything. Mr. Roberts covers the phone with one hand. Mr. Roberts, anything? Kreisha, yes. Mr. Mr. Roberts, well, come show me how much you want to stay in the rehab, baby. Mr. Roberts unbuckle his belt, and Kreisha walks over behind the desk and gets on her knees. Flashback. Interior. Day. Emmanuel's house. We see Emmanuel sitting at the table upset while his mother is hovering over him yelling. His father is standing next to his mother, shaking his head. Emmanuel's mom. B plus? How the fuck did you get a B plus? Emmanuel's mom balls the paper up and throws it at Emmanuel, hitting him in the head. Emmanuel's dad. Honey, is that called for, baby? Emmanuel sits with his head down, tears coming down his eyes. Emmanuel's mom. It's that whore he been spending all his study time with. Emmanuel. She's not a whore, mama. Emmanuel ball, Emmanuel mom balls her fists up and attempts to hit him, but his father intervenes. Emmanuel mom. You go to your room right now. Emmanuel stands up. Emmanuel, I'm 16 years old, and you treat me like a kid. I'm in college. You can't do this to me, mama. Emmanuel's mom, go to your room. Emmanuel, no. Emmanuel's mom gasps for breath while Emmanuel grabs his coat and walks out the door. In flashback. Interior, Mr. Stanley office, day. We see Ron and his family having a family therapy session. Ron is playing with his daughter, Sarah. How's Ron coming along, Mr. Stanley? We see Mr. Stanley look over some notes. Ron, tell her, Mr. Stanley, I participate, do my work, and stay out of trouble. I should be ready to come home any day now, ain't I? Ron smiles at his wife, who gives him a slight grin back. Mr. Stanley looks at Sarah. Mr. Stanley. Yes, I do see a lot of progress, Ron. But I don't think you're putting your all into this. Ron. Now, what the fuck did that pose mean, bitch? Sarah. Ron, now calm down. Mr. Stanley. Ron, what I'm trying to say is, I think... You are just faking it until you make it. Sarah. I knew this rehab mess was a whole crock of shit, Ron. Ron covers Lisa's ears. Ron. Honey, in front of the baby? He turns his attention to Mr. Stanley. Now, you listen here, you online certified substance abuse some bitch, you. Mr. Stanley. Ron. There's no need to be disrespectful. I earned my degree. Ron. No. Fuck 
that, please tell me which one of your online classes covered the course of fucking mind reading. Are you a fucking sidekick? Mr. Stanley. Ron, this is your third time here. You do the same routine every time. Ron's eyes nearly pop out of his head. Ron, I am appalled. Sarah starts to gather her things. Sarah, we still have 30 minutes left in our visit, baby. Sarah, now Ron, I can't do this much no more. I try calling myself making it for the family. But it's clear, Ron. Drugs are more important than you. You came to this rehab to get help. And your counselors say you ain't even trying to try, Ron. Ron. Baby, please, I am trying. You can't believe a motherfucker with an online degree. Mr. Stanley. I resent that remark. My degree came from a prestigious online school. Ron, hey man, you and that online degree can suck a dick, bitch. Mr. Stanley, session over, Ron. We see Sarah and Lisa exiting the room while Ron sits upset. Flashback. Exterior, night, park. We see Emmanuel and Sasha sitting on the swing talking. Sasha, so what are you going to do, Ron? I mean, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, I don't know, but I can't keep living like this. I have to beg my parents just to go outside. Sasha, the way they treat you, people would think you did some type of fuck up. Emmanuel, I know, right? We see Sasha going to her purse and pull out a white container. She spreads white substance on the back of her hand and sniffs it. Emmanuel looks. Emmanuel. What's that? Sasha closes her eyes and begins to caress her breast. Emmanuel gets excited. Sasha. It's Coke. Emmanuel. Cocaine? Sasha. Yeah. Sasha stares at Emmanuel seductively. Hey, Emmanuel. Have you ever had some sex? Emmanuel's heart starts to beat rapidly. Emmanuel, in a broken voice. No, I haven't. Sasha takes another bunt. Sasha, you want some? Emmanuel eyes the drug. Emmanuel. No, I'm okay. Sasha, I see why you ain't having had no sex. You act like a little bitty boy. Emmanuel. No, I don't. Sasha. I'll fuck you if you take a hit with me. Emmanuel. Sure, okay. Sasha spreads the white line on her hand and puts it up to Emmanuel's nose. He sniffs the drug and feels pleasure spread through his body. Sasha smiles, gets up, walks towards Emmanuel, and begins kissing him. In flashback, interior, Cresha and Jessica room. We see Jessica and Cresha in their bed, sitting on, sitting in the room. 
Jessica is staring at Cresha as she puts cigarettes, lotion, perfume, and money away in her purse. Jessica, when did you get a fucking visit? Cresha, roll her eyes. Mind your fucking business, you dumb prostitute. Jessica, at least I can own up to what I'm doing. You probably fucking Nick, bitch. That's prostitution as well. Cresha gets out of her bed and walks towards Jessica and muffs her in the face. Cresha, like I said, mind your business, you dumb bitch. Flashback. Exterior, night, trap house, porch. We see a young Cresha and her mother knocking on the door. Voice. Who is it? Cresha's mom. It's Cece. We hear deadbolts click, then the door swing open, revealing an older man in his late 20s. His attention immediately goes towards a young Cresha. Jason. Hey, little lady. Cresha cowers behind her mother. Cece. Leave my daughter alone. Jason. Bitch, who the fuck you talking to? Cece. I'm sorry. Jason. You got my damn money. Cece. That's why I came. You know, the first is next week. And I want to get two more from you and I'll pay you double. I promise. Jason stares at Cresha with lust in his eyes. Cresha tries to avoid contact. Jason. Ain't no more credit. It's the end of the month, bitch. It's time to collect. Cece. You know I'm good for it. Jason, we can work something out, you know. Cece, I got my baby with me. Jason, don't nobody want your dusty, crusty ass. Come in real quick. Let me holler at you. Cece and Jason walks into the house, leaving Cresha on the porch. Minutes later, Cece walks out on the porch and kneels down next to Cresha. Cece, I need you to do mommy a favor, baby. Cresha. What? We see Jason open the door and gives Cece several bags of crack. Cece. I need you to go into the room with the nice man and be a good girl for mommy and do what he say. And flashback. Interior. Mr. Roberts' office. Day. We see Mr. Roberts and a beautiful black woman talking. Tamika. I can't do this no more, William. Mr. Rob. Tamika, please. I love you. Tamika. I can't tell all my friends got a new car, new jewelry, houses. Mr. Robert. I just got you a Benz. Tamika scuffs. Yeah, this is 2016. It's 2018. Like I said, if you can't make me happy, little Pete said he could. Mr. Roberts, and who the fuck is little Pete? Tamika pulls out her phone and shows him a video on YouTube. Mr. Roberts sees a young man throwing money surrounded by women in nice cars. He grabs her phone and throws it, shattering it against the wall. Tamika screams. Mr. Roberts, 
He don't love you like I do, baby. Tamika. My phone. Mr. Robert. Fuck that iPhone 8. It's time to upgrade my bitch to the iPhone 10. Tamika. Ooh, Big Willie. What else? Mr. Robert. Something new to slide in. Fuck, like 2022. Let's go see if they got something like that. We see Tamika smiles and walks up to Mr. Roberts and places multiple kisses on his face. Cut to interior rehab lobby. We see three teenagers at the desk talking to Nick. The conversation is getting very heated. Nick. I'm sorry, gentlemen. It's against the law for me to provide information about our clients. Nasty. Hey, nigga. All we want to know if the motherfucker is here, G. Nick. I can't tell you that. Larry. Hey, Nasty B. I ain't finna be talking to this nigga, man. I'm finna walk through this bitch and find this bitch. Cut to interior. Day. Mike and K-Room. Mike and Kay are playing cards when Ron comes bursting through the door. Mike. Damn, nigga. Do you have a fucking knock? Ron. Hey, man. There's three not-too-friendly-looking gentlemen out there asking about you. Mike stands up. Aw, shit. Aw, shit. Kay. What up, dog? We see Mike go into his bed and grab a gun. Ron and Kay's eyes nearly pop out their head. Ron, oh man, who the fuck brings a gun to the rehab? Mike, me nigga, a nigga who got motherfuckers looking for you. I told my bitch I had probation officer. I can't be on this side of town. Ron, well, you're in luck because it looks like Nick is doing his job for once. He didn't say you was here. Kay walks towards the window and see three men. Approaching. Okay. Get down, nigga. Hide. Mike ducks under the bed as soon as Nasty and his friend walks towards their window. Nasty friends, Kay and Ron, have a stare down. Okay. May I help you, motherfucker? Nasty. Yo, bitch. You better watch your motherfucking mouth, nigga. Ron. Hey, now, fellas. No need for the animosity, gentlemen. We just some good old drug addicts trying to get clean. By the way, you got some drugs you want to sell? Nasty and his crew peeks in the window, looks around, then walks off. End of episode two, part one. Catch episode two, part two, later on tonight. Everybody, you guys have a good day. Join in. It's time for my version of the truth. Let's get it.